Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. All right, I'd like to welcome Josh Roar to the podcast, my coach, and actually how I stumbled into Josh Roar as him being my coach um, was by accident. I didn't go out seeking a um, multi-time national championship coach, or uh, now you've been a coach for the world, cha- world team a couple times. And I think uh, everything from beginners to world champions, but I kind of stumbled onto Joshua as my co- coach by accident, just kind of being in the right place at the right time or the wrong time, I'm not sure. Um, just someone who didn't show up when I was looking for a coach and there was Josh, he handed me his card and then that's how it evolved. Awesome. And welcome to you, Laura Sturm, uh, AKA where's the bathroom at? <laughs> and the bubbla. Gotta the find bubbla. the bubbla. So you went all serious. I went the opposite direction there. <laughs> he always makes fun of how I say the word bathroom. Well, just, you just heard her say it. That's how she yeah. actually says it. It's I see crazy. nothing wrong with that. It's maybe a New England thing, Could a Boston be. accent. So before we get started, I got to wish a happy birthday to my mama. She Aww. is having a birthday today. Well, technically we're recording the day before her birthday, but Friday is her birthday. So happy birthday, mom. I'm sure you're not listening to this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, hey, if you have to say happy birthday to your mother, tomorrow is my father's birthday. Oh, nice. So, yeah, we have some birthday birthday parents. Yay. That's crazy. He's, I never never knew that. He's not listening to this either. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anybody is. Uh, they'll yeah. come. Don't worry about it. We'll keep doing this. It's fun. All right. So uh, before we move on, there's one thing we're going to, I guess, start our new segment called foot in mouth. Uh, Basically where one of us screwed up. So last week I said uh, that uh, Sherman Ledford was the Georgia state chair for 10 years or something like that. I had the number right, except the the title was wrong. He was the 10 for 10 years. He was the open national team head coach. He was the Georgia state chair for over 20 years. So I kind of sold him short there. Um, and wanted to correct that, especially because he's planning on making an appearance on the podcast. There's a little teaser, um, to, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say why he's coming on the podcast. We'll leave that to, uh, no, I will say he's, he's coming on the podcast to talk about music and powerlifting history. So we, and he, he has some powerlifting history. He does. Um, but. I'm mostly interested, well, mostly because I've heard the the powerlifting history, a lot of it already from him, but I find it really interesting, the music. So uh, we're not sure exactly when that's going to be, possibly next week. Um, We thought it might be tonight, today, but it uh, didn't happen. So fingers crossed it'll be soon. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. I I feel, feel like it's interesting how many powerlifters are deeply into music. I don't know if that's a, um, I don't know, a sensory thing, um, how that really connects, but it's definitely true. I like music. <laughs> I like turtles. Awesome. 
<laughs> All right. So we have a Q&A from a listener. And since we can't have nationals this year due to COVID, um, some of the questions are around nationals from years past. So the best moments, oh, I'm, I'm asking the wrong question. I'm sorry. Doesn't matter. Just you go. can just edit that just out. Go, okay. Man. So the um, we don't edit here. We just fly by the seat <laughs> of our pants, and we and just take and, it back later. And and the listener, yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Ooh, go ahead. Sorry. All right. Where did the idea of prime time come from? Oh. So if people aren't um, aware of what prime time is, prime time is this awesome thing at nationals where the um, the world class lifters really are um, on their own platform at their own time so that they're just not jumbled up in the mix of the other thousand lifters. Yeah. Uh, so awesome question. We, so we ran the first, the first primetime session at raw nationals in 2016 here in Atlanta, Georgia. And the idea was kind of technically it came from Patrick Anderson. It was kind of his idea or at least the concept of it, but it kind of came from the, the idea that we were trying to put on a better production and higher, higher spotlight for the, the top tier lifters. And it kind of, I mean, the concept kind of started actually the first, the first full power meet that I ran was the 2011 Georgia state meet. And we kind of did kind of did it up we had intro music for all the lifters um, they had their own song playing we had tunnels that they came through uh, we had smoke machines that they walked through which turned out to aggravate some people's asthma so we we had to shut them down um, and then we had strobe lights and sirens up on top of the the staging anytime there was an american record so it was really just kind of this really cool production um, spent a lot of sleepless nights doing that anyway Fast forward to Raw Nationals. That was kind of the, the first time that we pulled it off on a big stage like that. Um, you know, just talking with Patrick and some of those ideas that he had. And we just thought, well, why not just do a third session of the day and just take all of the top qualifying totals for each of those weight classes from that day and have them lift on one platform with uh, two flights and just have all of the, the top big name lifters vying for multiple open national titles in different weight classes in one session on one platform. And it really, I'll be honest, like it, it almost didn't happen um, because there was so much pushback on it because it was something new that we hadn't really done before. And, you know, I wanted to do it and, and, you know, luckily, luckily I got the backing from, from Larry, uh, the president and, you know, the EC, they were all, you know, on board with me trying it, I guess. Um, if it went down in flames and it was on me, if it worked, then it looks good for the organization, I guess. Um, but uh, talking to a lot of the lifters, you know, it was about a 50, 50 split. Like some of them said, no, we don't want to do that. Others were like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And the first night of prime time on Thursday, lifting got done at about two in the morning, a little after two in the morning. So that was not as scheduled. So that kind of, I think was probably a bad start to it. But after that, everything kind of ran on schedule and everybody seemed to really enjoy it. And, you know, now that's kind of what everybody talks about is, you know, I'm trying to qualify for prime time. So, you know, step one, qualifying for national step two, trying to qualify for prime time. So it's, it's really taken off and I think people have really embraced it, but I think it was just initially the fear of the unknown. Like we don't know what this is going to be like. 
you know, this sounds kind of out there. Um, and, and to be honest with you, part of the reason that I went through with it in 2016 is because I chickened out in 2015. Um, I ran collegiate nationals in 2015 in Atlanta and that was the last year that it was only equipped. So there were fewer, there was only one division of all the weight classes. So it was, it was my idea to actually do prime time there. And I pulled all of the coaches and uh, there, they were adamant about not doing it. And I just kind of folded and, and, you know, went with what they wanted to do. So we didn't do it there, um, which kind of fueled me for doing it for raw nationals kind of, I don't want to say no matter what, but in my mind, like I knew it was going to be awesome if people would just give it a chance and, and let it, let it play out and see what it was like. So, uh, I guess that's kind of where it came from. That's, um, why we did it. And I guess I think everybody still likes it. So I yeah, guess I think it's been a pretty big hit. I remember the, the first prime time. Yeah. In Atlanta and watching, uh, Ray Williams squat over a thousand pounds um, in prime time, which was pretty sick um, to see live. And, you know, all the spotters sitting there going, don't, don't, don't miss this. Please don't miss it. <laughs> Cause really yeah. what are you going to do when you're spotting a thousand pounds? So really. speaking of, speaking of Ray, um, after, after that session ended, he was being interviewed by Patrick on a live stream and you guys can actually still go back. If you search for the 2016 raw nationals, one twenty plus class, um, he was being interviewed by Patrick Anderson after he did his, you know, the first raw thousand pound squat um, and had a, I think he hit an American record total at the time too. But anyway, we took the bar over to the, to where he was being interviewed and actually had him autograph it. So the, the, the first bar, the bar from the first primetime session, it was used all four days, um, but it was also, you know, finished up with Ray squatting the thousand five. We actually had him sign it and it's actually sitting in the corner of my basement right behind me here. Um, basically wrapped in bubble wrap and you know all that good stuff so um i'm not sure what i'm going to do with that it's it's been a while i've talked to ray about what he wanted to do with it um i'm not gonna say that on here but he has some interesting ideas that i think would be you know really good ways to use it um but in the meantime until we really figure it out it's sitting here in the corner as a as a piece of powerlifting history oh, powerlifting memorabilia right there wow that's awesome um, all right. Well, since we're talking about memories and memorabilia, so tell me a little bit about um, what was your best moment or memory as a competitor? Because you weren't always just a coach and That's you're still true. a lifter. I, I, I resemble a lifter sometimes. Um, well, I guess that's not even true. Um, anyway, my favorite memory is probably the first collegiate national title that I won. Um, it was my sophomore year of college in 2004. Uh, the previous year I lifted, it was my first national meet. I got sixth place and I lifted raw because I didn't even know what equipment was. And back then there was no raw division. So I lifted against lifters that had equipment and I still placed sixth. Um, so that was kind of cool. But my first collegiate title was the following year. It was in Omaha, Nebraska. And I remember I pulled 606 in the 165 weight class to win. And I looked back at the results after the fact, and that was not the correct number. Um, it was, so I had the last deadlift of the, of the session because I had the highest deadlift, but I only needed a two and a half kilo jump from my second attempt to win. And my coaches at the time gave me a 10 kilo jump and I barely got it. So if I would have missed it, I would have ended up in second place. 
Um, so obviously uh, I'm very fortunate that I, I got that, but um, you know, we had a little talk about numbers after the fact um, about how to, how to pick numbers and stuff, but um, it was, it was a good time. Like it, it was really the, the first meet that I feel like I actually, I actually performed kind of how I was ex- expecting myself to, um, you know, I, all of my numbers that they picked th- throughout the rest of the day were right on. Um, you know, I don't think I had two and a half kilos left in my squat. I don't think I could have pulled 606 again if I had to. Um, it was it was literally a limit for me, and and luckily it all worked out. So that was uh, that was the first meet that I that I won um, at the national level, and probably my favorite, uh, just because you know some it's hard to forget the first time. So that's, yeah, that's probably the one for me. That's awesome. All right. Well, we'll move right on to uh, the track of the week. So going back to the music side of powerlifting and power ballads, we have the track of the week back from the Josh Forrest CD that he gave out with uh, Christmas presents back when people made CDs. And you can see the cover of it on Instagram. If you go to PL Ballads podcast on Instagram, we got a picture of it up there. Obviously, the songs are blacked out because we're not giving them away yet. No, no. Don't want to tell people the songs. You know, it'll be revealed in uh, 20 shows. And then after that, we're not going to. In due time. All right. So the track of the week on track five is Cheap Tricks, The Flame. So why did you pick that song? Oh, uh, well because it's a great song you don't need a reason great songs pick themselves um i don't know it's just one of those songs i really like and enjoy so it's it made it on the list yeah oh fun fun trivia there is a well it's not really in the works it's there is a list of volume josh roar's favorite power ballads volume two there is a list made but it just hasn't been ever produced oh really so maybe right. maybe at some point it may get released, but I I, I think we have a topic for um, the episodes for after we go through all of these now. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, "Damn it, get over, yeah. get over <laughs> songs already." Well, you know, music is a is an important part of lifting. Do you know anyone who lifts in silence? I mean, I guess there are probably people, but uh, I can think of one. Um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head but uh one of the meets that we were doing where we had the intro music she requested silence <laughs> so we're playing we're playing songs for every lifter and then when she came up like we literally would just hit stop and it would just be like dead silent and everybody's like what's going on and she'd go out and lift and then we'd put the song back on for the next wow. person yeah yeah it was weird See, that, that's that's a Unique individual because I, yeah. I don't know anybody else who doesn't like lift just a little bit more with that right song. Yeah, I agree. You know, but and I would agree. Cheap, cheap trick. The flame is a great song. It just it's one of those that just gets you every time. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, I put it on the CD. <laughs> Best songs of all time. Best songs of all time. Um, For sure. So I was actually training this morning. I I went a little bit out of left field had some dmx on and uh well i had some prince on too prince so i have a i have a interesting mix of when i'm training i usually have like a little bit of country will play the next song will be like prince 
Next would be like Young Jeezy. It's uh, it's all over the place. So I'm sure everybody cares. Like, why? Who cares? <laughs> well, I definitely heard you lift to some um, songs that I probably wouldn't have picked uh, for lifting. Like, you know, Belinda Carlisle or um, oh, there's Billy. always Michael Jackson. Oh, you know what? I want to. Yes, Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean. Caribbean Queen. Yes. I think you did a five minute burpee challenge to that song. I did. That was a dark period of time in my life. <laughs> Don't have to ever go nobody's, back there. Nobody should okay. ever do burpees. They're rough. They are. So uh, this has nothing to do with anything, but I listen to Billy Jean and Gino always likes to make fun of me about it, but he doesn't know the lyrics. So he's like, Billy Jean is not my girl, but that's not the, that's not the lyrics. So no, come on, Gino, do better. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he does know, maybe he does know the lyrics. Maybe he's just making fun of it in general. I don't know. Hey, but you know, a little shout out to Gino. Cause I, I really, I know some people give him grief about his music. I have always loved his music. Um, it, he always just would pick out the right thing at the right time, turn it up just right, bring it down when it's needed. Um, shout out to him. He's, he's made meats awesome. That's an underappreciated aspect of meat day of the, of the DJ and MC is being able to turn the music up and down and play the songs like based on the, the current situation. Like if it's, you know, opening bench press, you don't need to be playing heavy metal blasted super loud. Like that, right. that's pointless. Yeah. Um, and I think to me, it's more important to have music that gets the crowd energized because you can't replicate crowd energy by having a, a song, in my opinion, having a song playing specific to an individual that may make the rest of the crowd be like, man, this is terrible music. And they just sit there quietly, like covering their ears. So I'd much rather have a song that, that the crowd gets into and you can feel the energy as a lifter, like from the crowd that, that to me, that's more effective, even if it's maybe not the personal song that you would choose. Um, and, it, and if you disagree with me, well, yeah. <laughs> Wrong. Does anybody, does anybody disagree with me? Nope. Okay. Oh, let's uh, see. Don't hear anybody. Yeah. Gave, gave you a chance. Well, they'll have to go ahead and DM you at PL Ballads Podcast or email at PL. Bleh, can't speak. PL Ballads Podcast at gmail.com if they disagree and uh, give you a music suggestion for the next album. I think it's safe to say this episode is probably. We're phoning it in today. We're both, both of us are just like, you know what? Let's just get this done. We don't really have anything super interesting to talk about. Um, so, you know. If you, if you, I kind of disagree right there, Josh, because we talked about where primetime came from. And I think that was an important topic. So, yeah. We're That's all, true. I guess a lot of people don't know because, I mean, there's people on our team that, I just mentioned we were just talking about it and they're like, wait a minute, Raw Nationals was in Atlanta before? Like, yeah, I was the meat yeah, director. You're the meat director. The meat, the meat director. And yeah, then, we and volunteered we for days. <laughs> Our <laughs> team volunteered for days. Yeah, that was true. Like, and that's one thing I want to point out. Uh, and then I'll end my rant and we can get on with our day. But 
I don't think people realize the amount of work and staffing that it takes to put on events. So, you know, and that's how I got into running meets to begin with is I was, I don't know if I, well, let's call it what it was. I was complaining about how some of the meets were and, you know, I wanted, you know, I thought this should have been done better. That should have been done better. And I swear, I don't remember who I was talking to, but they literally just said, well, then quit complaining and run your, run a meet and do it better. And that's kind of how I got started. It's just mm. like somebody just called me on my shit. I um, like it. Yeah. So that's, awesome. that's kind of how I ended up getting started running meets. And I guess that's, that's the biggest thing, biggest challenge, I think, was having enough people to, to do all of the things that we really wanted to do. Like I mentioned, we did the, you know, the intro music and, you know, the tunnels and all those things in the, you know, that 2011 Georgia State meet. But the amount of people it took to pull that off was, was crazy. So, you know, people that want these cool things like that, it can be done, but it just takes people. So, you know, I guess call to action all of you people out there that that want meets to be better or bigger like step up right or more of them or more of them yeah yeah it just it it just it just takes people and you know meet directors i'm i i can i can almost with certainty say a meet director will not tell you no we don't want you like if you're available to help like almost every time we can use you Yes. I have had my entire roster filled up on sign up genius and have people email me. Do you need help? And I'm like, yes, yes. I don't know what I'm going to have you do, but show up because somebody else won't show up. Yeah. That's That's always the thing that is awful too. As a meet director, you have somebody slated in for a certain role at a certain time and then they don't show up. Yeah. And that's the worst. Yep. And then, you know, anything that they were planning on doing, it just kind of gets either taken on by you and then you can't do your other stuff that you're supposed to do or, it just falls through the cracks. So yeah, we always need people. So yeah. Volunteer, please. Volunteer. Cool. All right. right. I'm done talking to you. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm done talking to you. All right. But for real guys, uh, definitely shoot us an email. Uh, she already mentioned it. PL ballads podcast at Gmail and PL ballads podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you guys have any questions, uh, topics you want us to cover, if, uh, you want to, do whatever. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting, we're getting going crazy in our own minds, trying to, trying to think of stuff to talk about. So. Wow. I think we can, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be all right. Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks right. guys for tuning in and we will catch you next time. All right. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.